Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Brent. And this is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I'm our number one fan, you dirty birdies. Cue the theme song. I love you, Paul. I thought you were good, Paul. But you're not good. You're just another lying old dirty birdie. And I don't think I'd better be around you for a while. Today, Misery Loves Company. We're doing Misery, the Stephen King novel adapted to the silver screen, directed by Rob Reiner, 1990. Kathy Bates, um, Academy Award winner for this movie. And uh, Jimmy Kahn and some other small-time actors. But this movie, I think, could and indeed was um, be made into a play because it mostly takes place in one location. It's actually a play right now in oh. New York City in the non-Broadway section. Nice. Yeah, because I looked it up when I was watching the movie. I was like, this should be a play. I wonder if it's ever been a play. And it's currently being a play right now. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it follows um, Mr. Sheldon, who is a novelist, um, writes a series of books about a character named Misery and uh, writes them. He's a superstitious guy. So finishes up his latest novel and on the way back to um, civilization and his publicist, he gets in a car accident in a snowstorm and is rescued by a very friendly nurse, um, Kathy Bates character, who's named Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes. And she nurses him back to health and um, they kind of have some feelings for each other. Yeah, I don't know if that's... Just not love. <laughs> not if that's the case. Murder and, and, and maybe schizophrenia. I don't know. Um, so, so yeah, sure. So right off the bat, like yeah. I thought that William Goldman, who wrote the script, did a great job of establishing the main character where he has like he's finishing a book. He writes the end in the pencil. He has his little cigarette and his champagne. And then they go into some crazy. What's the song at the beginning? Of the sh- it's, it was so unexpected. It was like a upbeat like um, song. I don't remember. It's like uh, I don't even know what the song is, but it was super upbeat. And he's like kind of like bopping to the song it was like a bop song and then he drives like an asshole on yeah the i mean it's his own fault using a fucking he was driving like a, he drive. was driving like a fucking ass yeah he and then i love as this car loses control he starts to like rev the engine and gun, and gun he, the rear wheel and, drive 65 mustang and that he's did driving. anyone see the symbolism that it was his book that caused the accident because he actually reaches for the book and then that's when he goes into control he's like touches the satchel or whatever yep symbolism i did, I yeah. did indeed yeah that. so like his uh his his feeling for his uh, his material is what got him. Yeah, that's what gives this movie the depth and beauty it deserves. That is true. Uh, was it shot in Canada? I'm just guessing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I wondered that myself. Um, like he was close to New York um, as part of the story. Um, Which nothing is where he is is close to New York. I don't think he is close to New York. I think he's driving a long way. Yeah, um, to be honest, a couple of hours I would guess anyway. So he's up in the mountains somewhere and, and coming home. Um, but it was definitely a nasty blizzard. And the road conditions stay actually pretty awful for the whole movie. Anytime you see someone driving on the, the trucks uh, on the roads, they're always slipping and yeah. sliding all over the place. So and he chose poorly for his vehicle. And I got to say, the 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 uh, the accident and all that stuff, they did a pretty good job. All that looked legit. The only thing is, that I, uh, Rob Reiner, I don't... I'm really starting to notice bad directing these days. And this movie has quite a bit of directing... Oh. Uh, it's shot to scenes like with the agent in New York and everything else. Like it's all way too bright. Yeah. Rob Reiner 
is I'm starting to feel like he's maybe not a great director watching this again. How many of would he have done before Misery? Like he would have done, he would have done comedies like Brent was saying earlier that he's a comedy director. So he did When Harry Met Sally. He did A Few Good Men by this point. Right. But I feel like he watched horror movies to, to try and figure out how he was going to direct this. And I feel like he did not do a good job of stealing from them and making it feel like uh, one whole movie. It was just a lot of it feels disjointed. But the first thing I noticed was the interior of the car shot where he's laying inside the car holding and then she's like prying open the door. Should have never seen the inside of the vehicle. It should, should have been the back of her prying open the door and pulling him out. Like, I don't know why. We know he's in there and we know he's got his, man, his manuscript. I don't know why we... We're inside the car looking at him. Hmm. Doesn't make any sense. I would have like, I mean, you could have edited that all out. I mean, maybe shot it and then edit, but I don't know why you put that in there. Yeah, I mean, interesting. that's a very unique, like one shot to pick on. Yeah. I know it just, <laughs> that's where it began. That was the first time I was like, this is not good editing or directing starting right off the bat. Like it, it was fine until then. And then that's what uh, triggered you right away. Well, and then I just started really watching closely and it just, it just, I mean, we'll talk more about like the scenes with Annie and him, right? Which where she is, her character is incredibly inconsistent. Okay. Like you would have needed to make a choice with Annie. You're, you're, you had two choices. You could make her methodical, like she is when she's spraying his bed with gasoline, saying, "You should really sign it. You should really sign. I think you should really burn your book. I really think you should." Or you can have her be this irrational person who freaks out all the time and hits him. But you can't have both. It doesn't make any sense. It makes her character incredibly inconsistent. That's the point of her character, isn't no, it? Is that she is that she's prone no, to is fits? She, no, but is she is she uh no, it's her 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 performance in this movie is bad and it's not her fault. It's because of Rob Reiner and the screenwriter. They like totally let Kathy Bates down. This fuck her character Steve- does not feel real at all to me. Yeah, I. It feels like a mishmash so part, of bad fucking theater acting. When uh, she's, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. Like, um, there are times when she like flies off the handle, and then she's back, and she's all sweet, and and that seems like that would be, um, that I mean, that was disturbing in itself. But then, yeah, but then she also has her cool, calculated sociopath, like. I, that's what I'm saying is yeah, so I like know. the that's first time you to. see her but that's like an abusive husband but like if you, he's like he like one minute fit of rage beat you like make sure that he breaks you down he loses his temper and then all of a sudden he's like he's like I'm so sorry for that that's totally uncharacteristic of me I, I, you know sometimes I just lose my temper you know blah 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 but she's adding then a third element which is oh I know I'm this and I'm calculating now to murder you in your sleep she's, so it adds that third layer she's which she's adding four layers because sometimes she's also talking like in googie goggy language so like when you first meet her when she talks to him, she's a like technical term. She's <laughs> like she actually sounds like a very rational and smart person. She's like, "Oh, you had a crash, but I couldn't get you to the hospital." Yeah, cause she's and pretending. Like, and I know, but the point is, is that she's talking like a, a rational, normal human being. Then she starts out of the blue, starts ha- talking with weird, almost immature, childlike language. Then she goes into fits of rage. Then she's a calculating, cold fucking person. So which is it? Like, and so each time she goes off the handle, like super over the top, it, it, it's, and then the way he directs it, where he puts the camera right in her fucking face, it's terrible. But she's terrible. Crazy. So you're trying to say that she's 
she's not the right crazy. I'm saying it's completely inconsistent. Her character because is all it's over like the place. Totally it would... consistent with like a split personalities or something like that. Okay, well she's never established to have a split I believe personality. I'm not uh, yeah, but she's never confirmed to have anything. Exactly. She's just so this actually, murderous like that makes crazy nurse that you find that who is actually it, super calculated. Later. That actually makes it even more unbelievable that there's like nothing established. She's just this fucking person who has like. Who knows what she fucking has? I could definitely understand the value in establishing something first, but I don't be, know would, that I don't know that those parts of her character are breaking for me. It would be like with Hannibal Lecter. I actually think it adds more more terror to the character yeah. to make them so. Well, she's so unpredictable. She's so unpredictable, and she doesn't even know like where she's gonna be. Like the the weather triggers one part of her right in this one part of the depression. And if you're familiar with like any kind of that shit, like that stuff can happen. You can change your mind, changes your body, takes you to different places. You can, so like, and depending on the situation, she might be prone to rage. She might be more calculated, like getting them to burn the book so she can save misery. Like, like all of this stuff, right? She could have beat him to burn the book or she could have like right out screamed at him and said, yeah, you burn the then, book, I'm going to let you on fire. I know, but What's then, the difference? She's but already the movie done is that. super boring if she's always beating him to get her she point should, or if she's always something else to be yeah, her point. Yeah, so she should actually never be doing that. It should always be subtle threats. It would be like having Hannibal Lecter be the way he is, but then one scene Hannibal Lecter starts spinning around in a circle and being like, woo, I'm so happy. It just doesn't make any fucking sense because she does that in points as well. Sometimes she's like, she's like a manic depressive mixed with a person who has multiple disorders or something. It doesn't make any sense at all. And it's actually less terrifying when she goes off a second or third time because we've already seen it. What I was more terrified with and into is when she was subtly threatening to burn him to get him to do what she wanted. If she would have stayed that character the whole time, I think that would have been far more scary and ominous than someone who just has fits of rage that are like over the top acting. It just felt like bad stage acting too. I felt like I needed all that because I was super bored with the movie right away. Like I wanted him to get better instantly when I was watching the movie because I had had enough of it like right away. That's because it so also looks her, like a stage play too because of the bad sets. But she kind of <laughs> escalates. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, like I, and I'm not saying it's great or that I think it's awesome. I'm just saying it's, I don't think it's as big a shit as you do that aspect of her character. I don't think it was Kathy Bates fault. I honestly think it was Rob Reiner and William Goldman's fault. 100% because it could have been Stephen King's fault. Has anyone read the book? It might've been his creation. I mean, but if you're a good screenwriter and you know that that sucks, you're just going to change it. So when you're adapting it, so William I'm Goldman, the fact pretty that sure he put, Stephen King would have creative control on this bit. Uh, not once they pay him, I don't know that he just hit that shining had already been out like, and he's Stephen King. So his books would have been hugely successful. Stephen King would have all he does is say on the way this came. All out. he does is complain about the movies so no i don't think so i think he sells them because he likes the money and then he bitches about how they ruined his material he did it with the shining he had to redo the shining because he hated it so i don't think that's the case i don't think he has a lot of say and if it is stephen king's fault well then he's fucking shitty too because <laughs> like the writing in this is not good like anytime we go to the police well, and we're not talking wife, about the writing we're just talking about the character that's, that's, don't, that's the writing. No, fuck off. No, it is. 100% I, is. That's Jesus bad writing. Christ, though. I, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the character creation. We're not talking about the whole thing. No, the whole script is bad. <laughs> I, Jesus Christ. I'm fine with just talking about Kathy Bates, but it's not her acting. It's but, the writing and the directing that's the characterization. But that comes from Rob Reiner and William Goldman. And I feel like Kathy Bates did a great job with what she was being told to do. But I feel like there's a ton of mistakes. Like looking at this now, it looks really bad. 
so I wonder now, you guys are making me think about all this, how intentional it was to not be very specific about her insanity, whatever it is that she's got. Because it does seem like there's some manic depressive, like there's some schizophrenia, there's some um, socio... She's a sociopath because she actually yeah, I'm just seems saying, to like doing this kind of stuff. Just so. saying pick a fucking lane. And they didn't make any choices with her Well, character. maybe it was a conscious choice to make her... Like just to to keep the audience on the edge of its seats for its unpredictability. Were you did you guys feel like you're on your edge of the seats though this time around? Because I didn't feel that way at all. And like Brent said, I just wanted to kind of be over. I did find it all slow. But that's what I was saying is that I was less bored because of the spontaneity and randomness of her character than I would have been if she was cold and calculated in one way. Because the screen and the fucking everything focuses basically on that bedroom, right? The all the tension, all of those. Um, components of the fucking movie are all filmed in that one bedroom so if she is always just that one person i get so extra bored i'm already bored with the movie so if she is not dynamic because james Conn isn't right he he's in be, a state yeah. of recovery the whole time so yeah. he's not this like he can't be an accent mark to this it's got to be her yeah and no. if she's yeah. one thing i'm gonna be so much more bored than i ended up being than if she is maybe random or maybe a bit unrealistic, right? Because at the end of the day, this is a movie and not everything is about realism. Sometimes these things could be created. That character is a created character, right? I just don't think that it needs to be one-dimensional. I wonder if audiences, because um, this movie is almost uh, 10, 20, 30 years old. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, next year is 30 years old. Um, I wonder if we know n more now about mental illness um, in 2019 than than we really had an appreciation for in 1990. Um, Probably, yeah. And so maybe Brent's got a point there where if it was just, you know, someone who is bipolar with some sociopathic tendencies that we would have been able to and anticipate her. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying if they had picked one thing like you're saying, if that might have been even worse for the movie because it's such a slow, deliberate pace we could only deal with so much from coming from her and then it would be so predictable. Um, I, I disagree because when you see the violence at the end and she attacks him, that's what escalates. She's already hit him by this point. So it's like watching someone cry six times in a movie. It doesn't matter the second time they cry. It doesn't matter the second time she flips out. You should be building up the, 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 the cold methodical her to the end where the violence occurs and then something violent the wrestling the gun whatever like you can have her putting the gun in her pocket i mean it's just much more cool it's just like with it's like hannibal lecter is a perfect example hannibal lecter the way he talks and he acts is always scary i don't need hannibal lecter to like have fits of rage to know that he's a scary motherfucker could do scary things the way that he carries himself and the way he's calm and he's calculated you that isn't boring i disagree and i feel like that is more consistent than someone who, who, like you said, unpredictability. But the unpredictability is unrealistic and the acting doesn't come off well now. So it almost seems like silly. But with Hannibal, like he's only in Silence of the Lambs for like 15 minutes tops. And we'd have to have a whole movie of Kathy Bates. And if she was so slow burning, you'd just be like, it would just all be about Paul's recovery and that would be a horseshit movie. 
So I'm not. I'm not saying. I, I it's think not it's all great. about his recovery. Her pouring gas on him, her busting his ankles. She's not screaming at the top of her lungs when she's doing that. When she busts her ankles, is the most fucked up scene, and she's calm. And she's calm, and that's what makes that good. If she was jumping around saying patootie and fuck and fuck and fuck and smashing his no, ankles, I it would have been stupid. No one's disagreeing. No, with that. I don't disagree with that. So at the all. whole, you take all that shit out. I'm just saying, as the writer, it's too late. You couldn't re-edit. But this then you'd movie. only be left. Yeah, that's that's kind of where the point is I'm going to. Is you that could knock 15 minutes off this bitch then. More, more. This movie was like an hour 50. Yeah. Maybe an hour 55. And uh, hour, hour 48, I think. And, and the time. reason why you guys are bored is because all of the stuff with the cop, like every time we see his scene with him, nothing, nothing changes in the script. Like, it's not moving the story forward. Even when he's reading the books, nothing comes of that. No, it's just giving you a break from the other side. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Well, it's adding some tension that he can't find... Paul and then the, the helicopter goes overhead so it, it's supposed to give you that but if he finds nothing so if the hel- he has a helicopter and he's looking for the car and he doesn't find it then nothing happened if he drives out to the car and just misses it with his wife then nothing happened we already knew the car was where it was and it was under snow so the audience isn't getting new information it's just like we know more than the cop and the cop never knows anything till the very end when he sees the woman go screaming at somebody and going into the bookstore so that's the only time that he yeah, actually he has any clue. the most obscure little line that he then goes through the most obscure fucking random history book yeah. to find that newspaper clipping. Like, what I'm guessing, that's the biggest leap in What the I'm movie. guessing is that he read that line in the book and it triggered something in his mind. Well, he they show like, him highlighting parts of the book, but that but seems he, so He writes that line down, yeah. right? And um, later on when I saw it, uh, I was like thinking, but I was like, how the fuck did he put that together? He sees her driving by and saying cockapoo on the street. And then he's like, I know it was her. And I was like, how the fuck? But I was thinking the only way you could explain it, and it's not well done, this is a reach, is that he read that passage in the book and he was like, something about that, I've heard that before and I've never read this guy's books. Uh, And then he somehow remembered exactly when he saw her face, Annie's. So now it brings up more questions. Like, did he know that she was... This lady who killed many kids in the hospital? Yeah, that's a good question. And actually, that whole part of it, um, where you're looking back at her character, is the part of her character that I had the most problem with. Because... Because no one keeps a book like that? No, no. (laughs) That's true. That book is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they definitely don't, but that's not it. What What is, is that if you look at her history of criminal behavior, it is, like what you're saying, methodical. Like... All of she has a repeated and pretty successful history of killing things, right? And those behaviors aren't tuned in to the erratic craziness that she displays. That is inconsistent with that because she was like, she a, was like yeah. she was like a head of the nurse um, ward at that hospital of like the the pediatric wing or whatever. She's killing those babies. She kills that girl so that she gets the top honors at the nursing class. She kills that investment banker, the guy who I think is supposed to be her ex-husband, right? It was like he finds out that it was obviously just like some kind of a Yeah, she's like crazed, a, like a uh, Bundy or something. Yeah, she's a serial killer for sure. So um, all of those things, you got to feel like she would have been caught and probably like criminally charged because, with that erratic behavior. Because she doesn't get to those top positions where she can do that harm as an irrational person speaking whatever language you claimed she was speaking yeah cockapoo cockapoo yeah no it's totally true and that that book it would be more interesting if the police officer would have discovered all that because he would have been looking for her name instead we get all that information through some fucking book she created which like 
goes through her basically her life history and then also goes through highlights her crimes and stuff yeah, yeah. actually there's a, so weird, weird. there's a weird pride there that's never displayed anywhere yeah like, yeah she's totally. like scrapbooking all of that shit and even some stuff like did you see it was like um like there was like some pretty like she had done like like artful writing over <laughs> some of like the child like obituaries <laughs> and stuff like oh so beautiful or like something yeah and i don't know what weird. like what her motivation would have been to kill the kids like i know she's just crazy so you're supposed to live with that but there's other parts of her life she is methodical about and then how i don't know like then you just start to think about her past like how could she sanely purchase this farm and how is she running a farm after being a nurse and, and wasn't she where does her money come from how long was she in jail I don't, did it say? I don't think she was convicted i think she somehow got off and then we're supposed to go with that because she's so smooth at lying with like when the cop shows up and she's like filling in the gaps she instantly knows that he must have found her because she bought paper so she's telling the story of why she bought the typewriter but that's a perfect like that. example so the scene where he shows up she is very very good at like pretending and like brent yeah. said that would have come in handy for her career and her killing spree. Wait, doesn't it call her the nurse of death in one of the articles? Yeah, yeah something the, like that. The nurse and once again, she, the, yeah, she glued that. Or, she yeah. cut that out, glued that, and put it in a book. She's like, I'm proud of that. Yeah. She's so got that tattooed on her calf. <laughs> but uh, but that's what to me. That's why to me, like, if you would like really have made this character more creepy and and manipulative, yeah. then then like I would have like I'm not I disagreeing. The character could be better. I and think that's right. The directing is bad too because whenever she does have her fits of rage, he either puts the camera right below her and shoots her up or he puts it right in her face. Mm -hmm. And because it's a Hitchcock thing or something he saw somewhere that he thought that that would be cool to do, but it actually makes it worse. Oh yeah. It's so un it's uncomfortable, it's, but it's not not in a good or menacing that's way. Why I'm it's not, just like get me out of Kathy Bates' face. That's why I'm not blaming Kathy Bates and I don't that's think exactly it was her, how her fault. Feels. So uh, much like these things, uh, I got to start writing more stuff like this down. I'd like to know who Kathy Bates beat out. Um, <laughs> she won that, the Oscar for, that, for this. Yeah, she won the which Oscar. Which is also that. why I'm picking on that because I feel like that performance was was not Oscar worthy because they left in all that other weird shit. It's like in sports. You see, like we didn't used to be able to run like the what five minute mile or whatever, and then all of a sudden somebody figured it out, and then everyone was like, <laughs> "We can do that." It was the same with acting. They were like, hey, uh, uh, "This fucking crazy <laughs> Kathy Bates," and people were like, "Oscar, Oscar," and then everyone was like, right. got a little bit better and was like, "Oh, we don't have to fucking be crazy." Al Pacino bad does it to a little incentive a woman. Although I'd have to watch that again, but are he, he does it in other movies we've talked about. Like heat, or he just starts screaming, and he's like, "Give me an Oscar! Give me an Oscar!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is what happens with those. Those actors tend to get um, not typecast, but it's it's your their personality that you start to get attached to. Same thing with Will Smith, De Niro, Pacino. De Niro is a perfect all the big example. ones. Matthew McConaughey, all these guys. They, there's something about them that you attach yourself yeah. to that you like. So they end up like by the end of their career, they become a character of themselves. With that, Pacino's the greatest example. His hair started to get a little bit more crazy. He started to do a little bit more hooahs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Johnny Depp, another criminal uh, case of just getting caught up in your own bullshit and falling way to the side. Yeah, like, and Robert De Niro. That guy too. may as well be a '50s Nevada dyke because he is turning <laughs> crazy right now <laughs> wow well and i also think de niro too where he uh once again it you see it in their performances where de niro do the thing where he like repeatedly asks the same question but doesn't get an answer and then he'll ask <laughs> it again he'll be like do you think i'd let you do that do you think I'd let you do that? Do mm -hmm. you think I would let you do that? And he's like, that's acting. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's, that's acting. <laughs> <laughs> I just repeated the same question three times, three different ways. Did everyone get that? Acting. <laughs>
<laughs> so that's a wrap. Cut. <laughs> so it does. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think Kathy Bates went on to do other roles like this, though. Did she? Not quite horror-ish. Uh, I don't know. Like Stephen K- or who? Um, Rob Reiner liked her and used her in a few other movies. I well, love and, her. And um, what's his name? Said that he liked her performance so much in this. Stephen King. I Stephen think, King. Yeah. He um started writing. He wrote Dolores Claiborne for her. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. right. And something else. Yeah. See, I like her generally, so like I was surprised how much actress. I didn't. I didn't like her in this. She's a great actress. Yeah, and that's why I'm not blaming her because I feel like she is a good actress, and this was not her fault. I think we can all agree this is Rob Reiner's fault from beginning to end. Yeah. Well, William Goldman, who's a very good screenwriter, surprisingly did some had some bad bad decisions in the writing, and I don't know if maybe things got edited well, out, but all that cop stuff was a waste of time. This story is so good. Like. This story as a concept is great. Yeah. Right? And it has a ton of tension and a lot of like scary elements to it. Like that is such a good package that this movie, like I'm not one for remakes, but this movie could be remade with good and uh, competent people. It's so funny. And it would be so good. Because the person I watched this with said, we you wouldn't want to make a remake of The Shining, but you'd want to take all the elements of it and make a different movie because it could be so good. Because like you just said, they said the concept is a great idea mm. for you to take that and make something great with it. Yeah. You could have the, the, the police investigation getting them closer and more tense instead of him buying a bunch of fucking books and reading them in bed with his wife. Yeah. Um, or even just a scene. And you could with- have, I think having Kathy Bates or Annie Wilkes character is a more consistently menacing character and just... Not not do too much of a slow burn. Like this really doesn't need to be more than an hour and a half movie. It takes place in one fucking setting. Totally. Yeah. Like, so the dialogue's never going to be that good. You could have knocked off a lot of time. Oh, I I totally agree. And part of what I do like about the movie is how helpless you feel from Paul's perspective. Because this woman, normally, if they were just to meet on the street and she were to come at him, he would like probably throw her to the ground and kick her face in. But he can't. <laughs> He's Even, like so he's like he's just he's like a little a helpless little puppy and she like is totally taking advantage of the they, situation. They, they he's also, sunny. Yeah, they also take away um us discovering things on our own a lot with this scene where he's talking to his agent about how he doesn't want to write misery anymore. None of that needed to be in the script. We already knew that he was a writer and we already knew that he had just finished a book. All of that stuff comes out with Annie that he killed misery off and he started writing something else. So we don't need a scene where he talks to his agent about that. That would be like way more interesting to learn through him and her. Yeah, that's totally true. So once again, wasted scene that that's redundant because we, we learn information and they slowly drag out that information we've already learned in one scene. So fuck off with that too. So much of this is fuck off. This I is think, a bad script. I think we didn't know how to do this <clears throat> at first. Do you know what I mean? Like when the movie came out, like we didn't understand how to do this properly. Yeah. And now we do. Yeah, I think there's there's certain directors that would be like perfect for this. Like Eli Roth, I bet you could do a crazy good version of this. Yeah, he's got a good horror mind. Rob Reiner was out of his depth. He was trying something new. He he was doing dramas instead of comedies now, and he was like, I want to do something that's a little bit more like a horror. Yeah, and and he tried to blend some like the wholesome. I don't know. Like this whole movie should have had way more of a dark tone and theme, but it was all. I think Brent said it before that it was so bright. And then like some of the cheerful music, just like, you know, when you sit down that this is going to be a suspense thriller. So you're not fooling us by making everything seem like big, happy family with the, with the way no, some of it, it was feels, shot. Yeah. It feels overexposed. It does. Yeah. It, it didn't fool me. It actually, it, it, it brought me out of it. Um, and what this movie all boils down to, 
um, is for me, I think three scenes and one Colin talked about before with the, the lighter fluid, the way she's just so casually tossing it off. Yeah. Um, another good scene, um, and and it's not for anyone's acting or anything. It's just because it's where you start to see that Paul realizes when she's feeding him the soup, and then she starts to like lose her shit a little bit. Um, that's when you start to get the idea how how fucking batshit crazy she is. So then you start to feel a little bad for him. Then the sledgehammer scene is fucking crazy. Yeah, still effective. Crazy, and the way they shot it so that you can see his ankle break. I I can't. I almost can't watch that scene. I had and a tough like, time too. He's so drugged up and he's like, please don't. And she's just so fucking calm. Like, oh, trust me. It's for the best. What blink. And his screaming and his acting is all like so good. And they don't even need to show the second ankle strike, which I think is the What do they call the it again? Move. What's the hobbling? Hobbling. hobbling that's right. um, and then the other thing I really like about this movie, the last thing is the ending um, where he's, he's having the, I don't care that he's eating with his, um, his publicist or his, his manager, but when he sees Annie coming down and then it's actually a lady saying, um, I'm, I'm your number one fan. And he just gives this, the bullshit smile saying, thanks. But you can tell that this is going to haunt him for the rest of his and life. And that scene would have been just, and as that's an, a good ending. Yeah. And that scene would have been just as effective if you had never seen his publicist because they're in the restaurant and she's talking. He could have like been a, alone. Like he didn't need to be. No, no. I like that because, because I like the dialogue. Oh, that's where you meet her. No, you, you, you met her earlier, and I'm saying you could have taken out that yeah, scene. That horrible fucking shot where she's in the office wearing that bright yellow jacket yeah. and the bright ass off. And then yeah. she's like calling about him or something to the sheriff. You would have never had to have met her to understand what was going on at the end because of the way she was dressed, the restaurant they're in, and the way she's talking about his sales and stuff. You would have that scene would have still been fine if you would have cut out any of his his publicists or his agents or anything. You don't you don't that's not interesting anyway. We don't care about those people. We care about him. And how he's going to get out of this situation. I don't give a fuck about his agent or his manager. What's the timeline so. on this thing? Months. Know. It would be it months. Seems it seems like be months, months, right? Like yeah. it would have to be like his legs are like all definitely weeks. Up. So six months at least. Right? When she hobbles him, his legs look pretty recovered. Like they're not. I love the makeup. And that's the only good part of this is when he's um, when it shows the bottom of his feet when he's fallen out and they're like just sausages. Yeah. yeah. I think that's like that was effective for me to be like, holy fuck, his legs are mangled. But when she hobbles him, his legs are almost better from the outside. There's no deep bruising. So I'm thinking that that's a, for a compound fracture. That's weeks. And um, then after she hobbles him, he's there for a bit more writing the book. And there's so weather. One weather, to two months, I'd say. There's weather changes oh, see, and I stuff, thought, though, too. I thought it was like six months. I it, thought like six months. It rains, but there's always snow. I don't think, I don't know. I wouldn't yeah, think it would be quite snow. six it months. Does start to, it does start to thaw at the end, I Although guess. it rains a lot, and then there's still snow on her roof. How the fuck does that happen? No, I would have definitely. I would crusty say, ice roof. Like, <laughs> I think they leave it open interpretation, but they have a lot of shots of him writing and the weather changing and the clothes changing and stuff. Yeah. I would easily think think six months that's and the thing because there's one thing where it looks like a deliberate um like a seasonal change like well they're they're showing him just a bunch of shots like yeah boom 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 shots of him like changing and stuff like that and still writing and typing you can yeah. tell his top end is getting like more loose and healed up and, and that the way that they do that normally would be like a greater length of time do you know what i mean like you don't do that um that sequence for a week right should have played you're the best around and and as somebody who likes to write uh, that that seemed like the most painful thing to me was like <laughs> i was that was the part that i was most effective more so than the hobbling or any of the other things when she's like you have to write something that you don't want to write you have to sit here all day and write it and i'm gonna read it and i'm gonna complain to you that, that i don't like it i was like that is hell 
that really disturbed me. That also brings <clears> us <throat> something up. As I was watching this movie, I was recalling it because I haven't seen it in maybe 10 years anyway um, and won't watch it for another 50. But um, wouldn't it have been neat if instead of burning the book at the end, he burns the copy, wouldn't it have been neat if he ended up getting out with the copy of the book that she forced him to write and it was like his bestseller ever? That would have fucked with his mind even more. Yeah, I did... Uh kind of consider that same idea when we were watching it uh, that was my idea though mine i, mine. I do Sorry, like that's not no, what i mean i do like he, I mean. that he burns the book i actually don't mind what the confrontation at the end the only thing i don't like is that she comes back she comes back it. because when she hits her head on the typewriter if she dies right there there's a like an irony and a metaphor there about yeah, her dying way. from the typewriter but then when she comes back to life it's like oh god ben's got to kill her with the pig yeah which also, is which is dumb. even more irony i love the all it's extra an irony, irony pig yeah, see, uh, so that actually makes it pick. way worse. Yeah. That typewriter head is the fakest fucking head in the oh, world. Yeah, no, it looks like that. someone drew a <laughs> shitty Kathy Bates face on a fucking dummy and just threw the dummy head at the typewriter. That was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. I agree. But. Like, I like uh, I was watching it with someone um, who had never seen it. And um, at the end, he was crawling away. And she's like, she's going to jump on his back. And I was like, yeah. It's like so obvious. That's and it just, it doesn't belong. Like, the movie because of some of the elements of her performance seems campy and i don't think that was the intent and then other that's things the problem, like that yeah. like that just doesn't belong in this type of movie and i i don't think that's unusual for um stephen king stuff i think he's always got some weird humor in his books and things which they tried to translate over into the movie but yeah at the end of the day is anything else work well about this movie that we want to bring up first any likes um like I, the scenes we talked about with the lighter like fluid. james con he was fine. I, this movie just really boring. It, it was. It was too it's slow. A boring movie. <laughs> what an interesting segue. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, uh, we're gonna call it. Um, misery doesn't hold up. No. Um, <laughs> John's it's calling way, it for all of us. I think it's way yeah, too slow. We could all just nipple on that. Yeah. Like even when the movie starts and he is first recovering with her, there's like maybe close to five or ten minutes where she's just taking care of him, and then it like cuts away, and then he's like slowly waking up. And I don't know. It's just so fucking slow. And and so much of it doesn't go anywhere. Like the the whole cop side story is for him to show up and turn his back to a woman he thinks is crazy. That cop and his crazy horny wife. Well, that's yeah. another example that Stephen King did. He did this in two movies now. So Stephen King has crazy some character. Horny seniors. No. So The Shining is another one, and and I mean we, we can do hold up on that. But like, so The Shining, the black character, the black caretaker, is yeah, in the movie. The whole movie. The whole movie. And he, then just at the end, he takes an axe in the chest. He finally, yeah, he finally <laughs> gets, he That's finally true. gets to, he finally gets to the hotel to save them, and nothing comes of it. He dies. immediately dies, and very similar to the cop, we we spend so much time with this guy, and then when he finally does show up at Annie's house and figure it out, he immediately dies. Yeah. So it's just like. Um, once again, it's all that was a waste. Nothing comes of it. So why did we show? Why did they show it? Excuse me. And I was trying to give it a pass because um, he do, he wouldn't have had the internet to go to. Like he would have had to dig through newspaper articles to find Annie Wilkes. But it just there's too many questions around. Did he know she was a fucking crazy murderer when she moved into the neighborhood, or is he just realizing it now? Well, it looks like such a small town. Based on a quote, I know. Right? And like you I would said, know. it's also way more interesting if the police officer finds out about her past than James Conn, because James con no she's crazy fucking yeah, person he to get away need, from her yeah he doesn't need any more information he's like he needs i know to get the fuck out of that house i know she's drugged me crazy but is she murder babies crazy yeah yeah she is oh shit i'm <laughs> fucked right like come on and the other thing that she does at the end is when he's finished the book and she's about to bring him his the things he needs the champagne and such 
she I notice she puts the gun in her pocket, which to me signifies that after she's getting getting what she wants, she's gonna kill him and get rid of his body and probably see if she can get that book sent to, sent somewhere to get published. And so oh, if, she's gonna murder suicide them. Well, that's what she said she was gonna do. Oh, she was gonna murder suicide. That's what she that's said, the idea. Yeah. She says she because she's like, I realize now that we like we're meant to be together in eternity, so it's oh. time to, for us both to die. Okay, well that's fine. If that is the case, they should have established that far earlier on because then with him writing the book, you'd know each time he got closer to finishing that he was that much closer to dying. Yeah, that'd be but interesting. Yeah, they don't do it. No, until they don't set that up. No, almost right don't. at the last chapter or whatever. Yeah, oh, like in the end of the, the rain. And another thing, after she shoots the cop through the back with uh, the shotgun she crazy shotgun hole in that guy's chest. yeah um, it was pretty close though she um paul convinces her from the bottom of the stairs not to do him right then and there uh and says let we have to finish the book and she's like cool and then she pushes his wheelchair up to the door of the stairs and then just walks away so a we're meant to assume that he was able to drag himself back up the stairs over the cop's dead body and into his chair but that cop had what looked like a 357 python Oh, on his fucking holster fucking so it'd be there waiting for that that'd be the fr i'd be like this guy's a cop he's carrying and we'll be like annie i need some milk whoop wow bitch By the way, no one names their gun <laughs> so, a python without being a dick reference uh it's true we'll call python is the name of the gun but but yeah. it is look shaped like a dick you're right so you know, i would and say things explode out of it i'm just, yeah, just well, like so dick. john says no hold up i would say no hold up and another big thing was because i didn't care about his character because they didn't give me any reason to he's a rich fucking writer who but he drives to send a his fucking, daughter to school a nice car and like so why do i why am i rooting for him like and why do i care about annie why do i care about fucking anybody so no it doesn't hold up well i would say you care for him just like as a person you don't want to see another person get tortured and killed but i'm fine with I do it. i'll allow it i'll allow it <laughs> i do agree he needed some character uh development uh yeah no this movie holds up i had a really good time watching it i don't I, it doesn't, no, I don't. I, like, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's done. I hate it. And let's not talk about yeah, it ever I, again. I'm going to put this on the Colin Burn list as just burn it. Yeah, blacklisted from my eyes. It's The story is solid. The story itself, like that's what I kept thinking the whole time was that this is like a, this is a good, scary Maybe story. go back and read, maybe like if you really like this movie, don't watch it and go read the book because maybe the book is better. I don't know. Go read Stephen King's book. Probably Stephen King should read it. He was on Coke a lot. He might not even remember it. He oh, actually yeah. said he wrote this book, like in later years, he said this book was about his Coke and drug addiction, that Annie was the representation of the oh. drug. So kept on being so crazy and unpredictable in his life Super and he was paul deep. who was helpless to save himself and i also heard that he used to do so much cocaine that he used to stuff cotton balls up his nose so he wouldn't drip blood all over his typewriter <laughs> well he doesn't True remember story. writing did he cujo. did he say that yeah he, he wrote <laughs> yeah, he cujo and it. doesn't remember writing it yeah i've heard that as well i've yeah. heard that story like stephen king is yeah, and, and in the Dark Tower series, uh, in the books, not the shitty ass movie, seven books that you make into a shitty two hour movie. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, in that he wrote himself into the books um, and talked about his alcoholism and uh, how he almost died getting hit by a car on a road. I heard about that too. Really interesting. Yeah. Is it good? I don't know, but is it interesting? Yeah. Anyway, well, that story. So Brent's out. a big fan of misery. Is he? No. Nope. No, that's it. No, nope. don't bullshit. let that hang on. Burn it. All right, well, <laughs> don't be uh, dirty birds, everybody. Cock-a-poo-poo. And enjoy your shit. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast.
You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.